good-looking group of people. Good-looking folks. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So happy Mother's Day. What's up? Oh, my goodness. This is Mother's Day. <laughs> it's not That's a shot of a dog that we used to have. Mordecai was his name. Yeah, I don't know how that got in there. Because my son's back there, that's how it got in there. So, I thought that wasn't supposed to happen unless I got too close to the mic. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, Pastor Glenn, uh, it's been a while ago. Actually, it was in uh, February when um, I got a text, February 25th, I have it down here, uh, text from Glenn asking me to um, share. He said preach, but I'm not, I don't think that I'm really a preacher. I, I, um, I do love to teach and I love to share. Um, and uh, how many of you know that when the pastor asks, I mean, no is not really an answer, right? I mean, it's not, it's not, like, it's not like a yes or no question. It's the response is, I'm both humbled and honored. <laughs> that's all you can say. So that's so anyway, that's how I find myself here today, and I'm going to touch on that a little more in just a minute, but you know, as I was preparing uh, to share today, I felt uh, two distinct things uh, be impressed on, upon me in my own mind. They're not really connected, uh, but maybe by the time we get to the end of our time today, in your mind or heart, uh, they will be, and if they are, that's great. And maybe you're going to want to tell me how that happens. But, um, but the, the first thing that I want uh, to share with y'all is something that's kind of, um, it actually involves uh, Sarah. And so, Sarah, if you would come, if you would come on up. Thank you. So, how many of you know that for the last little bit now that, Things around us have been kind of jumbled and scrambled and kind of all messed up. Yeah. <laughs> In the world, right? God is not God is not sensing any of that. But <clears throat> you know, sometime um, was it it was bef was it before COVID, Rob? That we started. Okay. So sometime before COVID even uh, started, uh, just in our morning time together. Uh, before I would leave for work, we had kind of a routine that we would uh, go through. And I don't mean routine in the sense that it lost life. Okay, so hear me. Hear me when I say routine. It's not that. There's, li there's life. And part of what we did, this is a part of what we did, was we began to uh, read together Psalm 91. And what we did, and pardon me for taking liberty with the scripture, but what we did was we changed, since it was the two of us, we changed all of the first person or the singular pronouns, we changed to plural pronouns, right? Because it was for the two of us. So what we'd like, one of the things that we'd like to share with you this morning is, um, and so what happened was as we read that uh, over and over and over again, the second verse says that we will say of the Lord, 
He is our refuge and our fortress, our God on him we lean and rely, and in him we confidently trust. So we read it out of the Amplified. And, um, and because Sarah has been a Karis student, well, why don't you, why don't you say what happened? Well, when, we were, when I was at Karis, um, this particular scripture, we studied it, but my, my instructor said, it says, we will say of the Lord. Mm. It's all about saying it, mm. not just reading it, but saying it. And that's when this, the scriptures begin to take root. So um, we started out over another situation that occurred in our family in early January, or late January, uh, that we, we started to come together and unite over it um, by doing this psalm, reading a devotional, and having communion together. Mm. And as the time went on, um, I was reading it first, and then we would say that second verse together. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found that, I don't know how long it took, um, but I found one day that I could say the passage, not all of it, but a, a, a significant like five or six verses together without looking. And um, it just kind of organically happened that we started to say the whole psalm together for a year. So for those of you, and I was a homeschooling mom, so, you know, I had first loan uh, in the middle school years, and there were things he had to memorize, <laughs> and that's kind of not what I, how I did it. Yeah. I didn't say, well, you just keep reading that every day, and you'll get it. So, no, I, you sat down, and so there's always that kind of, you know, I have to do this. Mm-hmm. Well, this wasn't a have to. Mm-hmm. So I would encourage you to find a scripture even a whole chapter, not Psalm 119, I'm not saying that. <laughs> we'll hear more about that later in the sermon. But um, just do that. I mean, I was amazed. And so little by little, we got it, and uh, the word of God is powerful. And the situation that we originally prayed for, it righted itself, mm. first of all. Thank and then you, second of all, then COVID hit. Mm. And then it just became more powerful. Thank you, Jesus. So, um, yes. So, so I would encourage you to speak the word of God Amen. out loud. Yeah. If you don't know what to speak, mm. ask the Thank Holy you. Spirit. He'll tell you. So here we, we go. We who, we who dwell well, in, in the, the secret place of, of the Most High shall remain stable and fixed under, under the shadow of the Almighty, Almighty whose power no foe can withstand. withstand. We will say of the Lord, he is our refuge and our fortress, our God, on him we lean and rely, and in him we confidently trust. For then he will deliver us from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. Then he will cover us with his pinions, and under his wings shall we trust and find refuge. His truth and his faithfulness are a shield and a buckler. We We shall shall not be afraid of the terror of the night, nor of the arrow, the evil plots and slanders of the wicked that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor of the destruction and sudden death that surprise and lay waste and nay. A thousand may fall at our side and ten thousand at our right hand, but it shall not come near us. Only spectators shall we be, ourselves inaccessible, in the secret place of the Most High, as we witness the reward of the wicked. 
speak. Because we have made the Lord our refuge and the Most High our dwelling place, there shall no evil befall us, nor any plague or calamity come near our tent. For He will give his angels a special charge over us to accompany, defend, and preserve us in all of our ways of obedience and service. They shall bear us up on their hands, lest we dash our foot against a stone. We shall tread upon the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent shall we trample underfoot. Because we've set our love upon him, therefore he will deliver us. He will set us on high, because we know and understand his name. We have a personal knowledge of his mercy, love, and kindness. We trust and rely on him, knowing he will never forsake us, no, never. We will call upon him, and he will answer us. He will be with us in trouble. He will deliver us and honor us. With long life will he satisfy us and show us his salvation. Amen. For him. Clap for him. Clap for him. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And I and I and I and I, I want to I want to tell you, every day when we say that, you know, it's like it's just like there's a it's like a diamond, you know. When no matter how you look at you look at it many many different ways, and every way you look at it, you see that light refracting differently, right? And it's just so like one of the things that that um, so so I got. I got COVID, right? So you're thinking, well, how can you recite that Psalm 91 every day and still get COVID? Well, you know what? That next to last verse says, we will call upon him and he will answer us. He will be with us in trouble. He will deliver us, right? So, so, so you know, many times, and I'm sorry, son, this is not in my notes, but this is, so, so, so many times you hear folks say, well, you know, God helps those who help themselves, is, right? It says in the Bible that God helps those who help themselves. Guess what? It ain't in there. It ain't in there. You can look. You can look from cover to cover. It ain't in there. But let me tell you what it does say. We will call upon him and he will answer us, right? He answers those. He's with those who call upon him. So don't, so, so, so yeah. So anyway, and I could, I probably should have just gone on with Psalm 119 because, or I mean Psalm 91, but there's so much, there's so much you could just never exhaust a portion of scripture like that. So as Sarah said, we're, we are men and women. We're people of the word. And, um, and so I just wanted to encourage y'all with that. And, and I love the fact that it wasn't like something that we set out to do, right? Like we need to, it's just something that as we did it each morning, each morning, each morning, each morning, it just became, again, not a routine without life, but, but just something that just got planted, just got planted inside of us. So for that, I'm eternally, eternally grateful. So we're taking kind of a hard pivot now to um, what, I, uh, what I also felt like when, when Glenn asked me on uh, February 25th to share, um, a few weeks later on uh, March 7th, which was a Sunday, um, he had actually asked me the night before if I would share something at the offertory, and I did, and I don't expect anybody to remember what that was, but I remember. I, was share, I shared about out of Genesis 22 when Abraham offered up his son Isaac. And um, 
So I already knew that I was on the schedule, right? And I promise you this really happened. Uh, Sarah and I had to drive separately that Sunday for some reason. So as I was on my way, and we live about 40, 45 minutes away or so. So I was, all, I was on my way home. The thought that came up in me was, as a result of having shared on at the offertory, the thought that came up was, Todd, you're tapped out. You got nothing left. There's, you, you just shared everything you know. And, and I, mean, on the, I mean, I've been raised in church, right? So I know a lot of Bible stories. But this thought came up like, you got, you got nothing left to share. That's it. You've exhausted. And I was like, and so I just kind of, I mean, I heard it. I refuted it, of course. But that thought happened. Well, praise God that he's faithful. And um, as, as time went on, and I don't know the exact date for this, but it's sometime between that Sunday the 7th and two weeks later on the 21st, um, I, got, I got a title uh, for what I was to share today. So Sloan, could you go ahead and put up that first slide, please? Well, that's the title that I got. Yeah. Operation, it sounds kind of lofty for a window salesman, right? I mean, that's what I do. Right? Sounds kind of, Operation, no, the, the title I got was the Genesis 1 Imperative. And I was like, whoa, that sounds, yeah, like I should be a general or something. The Genesis 1 Imperative and then Operation Restore Light. So he started, he started with me with a title, and then I'm sure he wanted me to follow along, which, which I did, because I was pretty impressed with that title that he had. <laughs> I was very <laughs> impressed. And um, so if we could go ahead then and, uh, and put up the, the, yeah. So does anyone know who Francis K is? Because this is Mother's Day, right? So we're honoring mothers. I'll give you a hint. She's not alive today. Okay, Francis K is not alive today. Does anyone know who Francis K is? Because I'll bet when I throw up this next slide that you'll know who, because her son, that's Francis with her, with her son, and uh, she also had a daughter um, who, uh, who died in infancy, but she has this son, and I'll bet when this next slide comes up, somebody will know who the fella is, and by default, you'll know. Does anyone know who James Clerk Maxwell is? Well, I didn't before I didn't before I started this adventure. And so I'm gonna, I just, you know, I love, don't you love the way that God just kind of takes you on a journey sometimes, you know? Isn't it, isn't it just wonderful the way he leads us into discovery? And so that's what happened to me as I began uh, to prepare for this. So the Genesis 1 imperative, so where would you think I would start with the Genesis 1 imperative? Well, see, you answered too quickly. Because the correct answer is actually in John 1, which Suzanne already uh, read us this morning. But, you know, in John 1, verse 1, it says, in the beginning, before all time, was the Word. And in my Bible, it says Christ. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God himself. He was present originally with God. All things were made, 
and came into existence through him, and without him was not even one thing made that has not come into being. Verse 4 says, In him was life, and the life was the light. And there's a capital L with light, right? In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light, capital L, shines on in the darkness, for the darkness has never overpowered it, put it out, or absorbed it, or appropriated it, and is unreceptive to it. So there we have, mm, no wonder, no wonder we tell believers when they first get saved to read the Gospel of John first, right? I mean, what a launch, right? What a launch right there in the very first chapter. So, so, so then, of course, I did, um, I did go uh, to Genesis 1, and actually that's where I began. Um, so who in, who in here, has anyone in here read Genesis 1, say this past week? This past week? No hands, good. That's kind of what I was actually hoping for. Um, what about this past month, if you know, if you can remember? And you, okay, so I see a couple hands in past month. Okay. We all read Genesis 1 on January 1st, right? I mean, when, you, when, when, we, start, when we start our read the Bible through in a year program, right? Everybody starts with Genesis 1, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I think part of the reason that this passage was highlighted to me on this, uh, on this journey is that in my lifetime, you know, when I was, when I was in public school, um, I, re- I mean, it, creation was what was taught, believe it or not. I know the millennials are like, excuse me? They actually, yeah, that was kind of the accepted. But it's been also during my lifetime that I've seen Genesis 1 and the creation account come under severe, severe, severe assault. And so as I began to read Genesis 1, or what was impressed on me was, you know, if we don't, if we don't sign on with this, with the first page, the first chapter, guess what we should do with the rest of it? Yeah. Guess what? Because if this is a fable or an allegory or an interesting story or somebody, if that's all it is, there's no power. There's no power in the rest of it, right? So lest you think I'm being extreme, which I am, I'm extreme. I want to be extreme this morning because this, this has to be, this is our, found, this is our foundation, folks. And so I'm rallying us. This is an attempt to rally us. To, and I'm not saying you have to read Genesis 1 every day or every week or every month, but I'm inviting you, especially after today, to reread it and maybe reread it uh, in, in, in the, kind of in the context of what I'm sharing um, um, today, especially regarding light, because it starts out, in the beginning God prepared formed, fashioned, and created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and, and an empty waste, and darkness was upon the face of the very deep. And the Spirit of God was moving, hovering, or brooding over the face of the waters. And God said what? Let there, we all know that. God said, let there be light. Well, as I was preparing for this, when I saw that a couple of things, number one, I saw First of all, that God said, right? He spoke. He spoke it out. 
And, and, and so I immediately was reminded of the power and the importance of what we speak, right? The words, right? That the power of life and death are in the tongue, right? So God, now, here's where I'm going to go maybe a little off the reservation for some of you. Um, because I began to think, well, when God said, let there be light, because we're all pretty sure he didn't speak English, right? He didn't speak Elizabethan English. He didn't even speak, yeah, he didn't even speak King James English. So, yeah. So I thought, I wonder what God said. I wonder, so I started to let my mind, just my imagination, just kind of go about light and light theory. And that's what led me to James Clerk Maxwell, who is an acclaimed uh, mathematician, physicist, and he's got these... um, He's got what's, what are referred to as Maxwell's Laws. I was not a physics major by any means in college, so I am, you talk about being out over your skis, folks, I am way, way, way out over my skis here. So, so actually what I thought, so I was just, you know, like everybody else does when you want to know something, right? What do you do? You Google it, right? So I Googled it. So I Googled it. So I Googled it. And so I came across... And in the upper right-hand corner in that slide are Maxwell's Laws. And the Bible doesn't say it either way, so you're free to disagree with me, right? But I believe that when God said, let there be light, I think somehow he spoke physics. I don't know how, because physics isn't a language, right? But I think he said, I think he he just, the equation for light or the language of light just came out of his mouth. Go there with me, okay? Just go there with me, huh? He just said, and it was like, I mean, what choice did light have at that point? <laughs> you know, what choice? It just, so, so, so today, if you were to ask me, do I believe in the Big Bang Theory? Unequivocally, I believe in the Big Bang Theory. Unequivocally. Because when God said, let there be light, can you imagine the explosion? Can you imagine the explosion that took place across the known universe and the unknown universe. God said, let there... It's still going, going, Haley. You're exactly right. God said, let there be light. And and I just love that. And I was like, God, you are so... And so that kind of started. And then when I saw Maxwell's... When I saw that this uh, James Clerk Maxwell, um, I dove a little deeper. And of course, nowadays, if you want to know about someone, which page do you go to? Wikipedia, yes, we all go to Wikipedia. Not the most in-depth and thorough study you can do, right? But, it's, but, it, but it has to suffice. So, so I went to uh, this page for James uh, Clerk Maxwell, and he was born in 1831. Um, and from the youngest age, like age three, his curiosity began to be just, I mean, he was just a naturally curious, very curious young man, uh, boy. And um, so as a result of that, uh, the, um, his mother, Frances, who we saw earlier, uh, was home, uh, homeschooled him. And I'll just, I'll just read this uh, paragraph. It says, Recognizing the boy's potential, Maxwell's mother, Frances, took responsibility for his early education, which in the Victorian era was largely the job of the woman of the house. At eight, 
Get ready. At eight, he could recite long passages of Milton, a famous uh, poet. He could recite long passages of Milton and the whole of the 119th Psalm. 176 verses, in case you don't know. Yeah. Indeed, his knowledge of Scripture was already detailed. He could give chapter and verse for almost any quotation from the Psalms at eight. Eight. Just thinking about what I was doing when I was eight. Wasn't that? Wasn't that? Now, I think my mom, mi madre, may be watching, and if she remembers, I don't know, if, um, but I do remember that um, I did have to memorize, I won't say how many in case I get it wrong, but I did have to memorize a certain number of uh, passages, not all in a row, but I did have to, in order to get my first bike. So I remember, but I don't remember, I don't remember how old I was, but I do remember my mom kind of, kind of put that on me. So thanks, mom. Thanks. Thanks. But can you imagine at eight, he had memorized the entirety of the hundred, and, and, and his mother, Frances, she died when he was eight. Yeah. And you think, how is that? How is that right? Well, she died when he was eight, and so, you know, he continued, um, his education. Um, she, was only, she was only 48, uh, by the way, when she, when she passed. And um, so I just want to read this uh, last couple paragraphs real quickly. It says, Maxwell died in Cambridge of abdominal cancer on November 5th, 1879. He also died at the same age that his mother did and of the same condition, this abdominal cancer. Yeah. Um, the minister who regularly visited him in his last weeks was astonished at his lucidity and the immense power and scope of his memory, but comments more particularly. His illness drew out, this is his physician, his illness drew out the whole heart and soul and spirit of the man. His firm and undoubting faith in the incarnation and all its results, in the full sufficiency of the atonement, in the work of the Holy Spirit, he had gauged and fathomed all the schemes and systems of philosophy and had found them utterly empty and unsatisfying. The word unworkable is in quotations. Unworkable was his own word about them. And he turned with simple faith to the gospel of the Savior. As death approached, Maxwell told a Cambridge colleague, I have been thinking how very gently I have always been dealt with I have never had a violent shove all my life. The only desire which I can have is like David to serve my own generation by the will of God and then fall asleep. Wow. Now, huh? It's like... So, <laughs> I think you probably know where I'm going to go with his story, which is right back to when he was learning at, at, at his mother's feet, right? So throughout his life, it had to be, it had to be this beginning love. And, and, and at the time she was teaching him and, and, and guiding him in the way through the word. I mean, this, when you, when you, if you look him up, if you decide to, you'll see that he's classed in with Sir Isaac Newton, um, Albert Einstein. I mean, it's a pretty, pretty, elite crowd that he runs with. In fact, I was noticing on, on that page also, it, it talks about um, the men who influenced him 
And then it says what he influenced, and it says all subsequent physics. <laughs> so, huh? Don't you, don't, you, don't you just love? And I was like, God, that's so, that, that's so cool because, you know, in our day, you know, we kind of almost expect that if you're a, an accomplished scientist, that that automatically means you disavow, you separate yourself as far as possible from the word, right? And he's, here's a man who, you know, undoubtedly, irrefutably, one of the smartest men ever that says, there's no other way, there's no other way except what's in, what's in Scripture. And so I just love that. Um, and um, so, um, yeah, so I, said, so I already said that God uh, spoke in physics. And when we go back, if we, if we look at um, the next passage in Genesis that I have marked uh, in Genesis 1, is, uh, is 14. So we already read that God said, let there be light. In 14, it says, and God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night and let them be signs and tokens of God's provident care and to mark seasons, days, and years. And let them be lights in the expanse of the sky to give light now, this is a small L, to give light upon the earth, and it was so. And God made the two great lights, the greater light, the sun, to rule the day, and the lesser light, the moon, to rule the night. He also made the stars. Now, this may not be the first time you've heard this comment made, but how many of you find it at all interesting that back in the very beginning, God said, let there be light, but it's not until, because this was day four, that God created the sun. Right. Hmm? So there's light. So that's why, that's why it like had to be physics, right? It had to just be something that's just, <laughs> we still don't understand, right? So I guess that was also one of the encouragements that percolated up within me as I was preparing for today. Or actually, if you would ask my wife, I was actually quite like what it says about the Spirit of God regarding this message was hovering and brooding, right? So it was like a lot of brooding going on uh, to bring this uh, to you, to you today. And um, in fact, one of one of one of one of my concerns as I was brooding even yesterday was, I wonder if I have I wonder if I have enough to fill up the time that I'm being given. And now I can see already, based on what time it is, that I have some things that I'm not gonna that I'm not gonna get to. But God's good that way. You can. Uh, you can finish out the rest of it, but um, but I was I was I was thinking about how because you know the the light that comes from the sun when we go outside today, and I'm pretty sure the skies have cleared away. You go outside and look at the sun. We all realize, don't we, that the light that we see when we look at the sun is all it it left the sun like what is nine minutes ago right eight eight seven eight nine okay we won't quibble over seconds but but when we look at the sun we're not seeing the sun in its present current condition right we're seeing it as it was seven eight nine minutes ago so we're always looking in the past right <laughs> you can't, you just can't see it you can't see 
currently from that light. And yet, we think about what's, what's, a, what's, a, what's a greater natural force that we observe every day than the light that comes from... But even the light from the sun is in the past. But God, <laughs> but God, he's always in the now, isn't he? Right? In fact, not only is he in the now, but he's actually out in front of us, preparing a place, preparing a way, preparing our way, separate and apart, right? Just love that. Okay, all right, I'll move on from there. Um, oh, so then another, another note uh, that, that I made that I kind of gave permission to was that, um, and if we read in verses 26, oh, so I need to read 26 and 27. Um, in 26, God's, Genesis 1, 26, God said, let us, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, make mankind in our image after our likeness and let them have complete authority over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the tame beasts, and over all of the earth and over everything that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image and likeness of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. And the note that I have here, and then, and then we, we all know that that's the time in the creation account. The first time that God said it was very good, right? Up until then, everything was good, 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 good. All the, all the five days were all good. Everything God made was good. But when he created man and woman, when he created us, that's when he said it was very good. And so I felt like, okay, even though that might not necessarily had a lot to do with with light, but, um, I, I just I felt like um, when it says he created in his own likeness and image, he created them male and female. I thought, you know, while I have while I have the platform in today's world, any opportunity is a good opportunity for us to be reminded that he created them male and female. He created them right. That's what he that's what he did right. That's what he did. He created them male and female, and so. Um, so, so not only did God speak in physics during this, but he spoke, go with me, he spoke geography, he spoke, the lang what's the language of aquatics, right? I mean, it felt a little bit like Job, right? When Job kind of had his revelation at the end, right? Oh, God. Huh? Hi hi Come on, shout, shout some out. He spoke hydraulics? Hydrology. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, hydrology. He spoke hydrology. Thank you, Micah, for clearing that up for me. Anybody else wants to set me straight? But, I, but he spoke agriculture. So what's the study of, right? Horticulture. He spoke horticulture. He spoke astronomy. Come on. He, got, he spoke astronomy right on that fourth day when he created the sun and the moon. He spoke astronomy. I, and he spoke, of course, he spoke biology, the language. He just gave language to, bio, to biology. So anyway, yeah, the God we, the God we serve is such a, it, yeah, and, 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 if, and, and for me, if James Clerk Maxwell can sign on with him, yeah, yeah he's a little bit out of my league, and so, yeah. <clears throat> so I want to wrap it up with um, a couple of, just two thoughts that I'll just read. One is the truth of God's word has to be our highest authority. Huh? That, has to be, that has to be our go-to place, folks, our highest authority. Psalm 138.2, which I don't really need to turn to to read, but um, 
it says that I will worship you toward your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and for your truth and faithfulness. For you have exalted above all else your name and your word, and you have magnified your word above all your name. So God, if God said it, right, that he has exalted his word above all his name. I, I love, you know, one of the ways that God was revealed in the Old Testament, one of the Hebrew words is Hashem. Huh? The name. That's all is the name. Huh? Now, I know there's a lot of really cool people. I think I heard um, of this guy on one of these reality shows. He, was, he, he named himself The Situation. Does anybody? Did, I never saw the show that he was on. I don't know anything about the guy, but I just heard about this guy that named himself The Situation. I'm like, dude, what? what? But, 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 but God, right? The name. Imagine. Imagine that's how you're referred. The name. I mean, does that just make you crumble? Huh? It just makes me go weak in the knees. To think about, we know he's the name. The name above every name. The name. From the Old Testament all the way through the New Testament. And if you're not in Sunday school this morning hearing Mike Bickle teach about Revelation and the end times, I really encourage you. That's good stuff. It's good stuff. So the word has to be our highest authority. And then finally, saints, in a day, in a time, in an hour, when we want to know who we are, you know what? We can't know who we are until we know who he is. And we can't know him separate and apart from his word. Now, thank God he gives us, we all have experiences. I love some of the ways God has led me, us, our family. But his word has to be our highest authority. So that's really what I want to leave you with today is the, is the, the, the fact that the word is it's irreplaceable. It's irreplaceable. As we go through life, it's our highest authority. And to know him, we have to know his word. So thank you. That's all. That's it.